0: From the home of time.
1: It is now quite a day for local sport from your local team.
0: Woo! This is Charlton Live. Live.
2: Good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendes. hope you're having a good Thursday. We're going to look ahead tonight to tomorrow's game on Good Friday up at Northampton Town. We're also going to hear from Alex Stedman, the former Crawley Town press officer, who's going to tell us about Harry Kuehl, who may or may not be coming to the club. We're going to hear a clip from our Love Sport radio show. Uh, and as I said, we're going to look ahead to the Cobblers clash, hearing from both the Chutland, uh caretaker manager Lee Boyer and from James Hennigan who's a writer for the Northampton Chronicle. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley to do all of those things is Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah,
3: very good, thank you. Yeah,
2: how's your how's your week been? Been all right, yeah. Celebrating yeah. a win for a change, yeah, which but, has been nice, but not a takeover, not yet, not yet. Still, time everyone everyone, be patient. Uh, joining us, uh, the pair of us in the studio, and uh, uh, he's uh, by popular demand, according to not my words, his own words, <laughs> is uh, <laughs> is Pete Howard, the Charlton fan who also has a little bit of knowledge about Northampton Town. How are you doing, Pete? Hello,
4: good evening, Lou, You All right,
2: yeah, not too bad. Uh, I mean, your uh, your dad's a Northampton fan, <laughs> he, isn't he is indeed, so, yeah, yes. Right
4: it's, Yes, our cup final tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. This is huge. The House Derby. This is yeah. this is massive.
2: Last time he came in was before Northampton Town at home last season, which was a one-all draw. I think. Oh, yeah, or, it yeah. was.
4: Uh, yeah, not one for the memory bank, really. That's but the day, uh,
2: that's the day I smoothed it over with Russell Slade after our little. Uh, I was going to say when you mentioned yeah. patience earlier, yeah. I thought. that. Yeah good memories uh, right so as I say on tonight's show we've got all that cool stuff to come so in a minute we're going to hear from Alex Stedman who's a Charlton fan uh, you may remember him he came on the show about a year ago when he was ill with testicular cancer but at the same time he was working at Crawley Town so he's the man who can give us a little bit of inside track uh, about Harry Kuehl who's linked with the club but just before that Pete because you're a, a newish voice on on the show um, I mean, your personal opinion on how this season's gone still in with a, a shout at the playoffs obviously now we, we've changed manager again how are you feeling? Uh,
4: more optimistic than last or just before the Plymouth game shall we say Um, hasn't been the best of season started off quite brightly hampered by injuries Um, I'm probably going to stick my head above the parapet I was quite a fan of Robinson actually I know he did have a lot of rhetoric about him Um, (laughs) I think he cared um, about the club I think possibly his his trust in the players his uh, lack of want to change any tactics or to evaluate the game I think he had too much trust in his players I'm um, not saying that the players let him down, but I look at him and think we're still in a shout with the playoffs. I think a nice little run. We have got some difficult games coming up, but three points uh, starting from tomorrow against a struggling Northampton team, uh, home game against Rotherham, and I think I predicted the playoffs and I'm still pretty certain and still quite hopeful that we will sneak in there. I, I, do, I do think that over the course. Yeah. of think hopefully a little bit of bounce-back ability.
2: <laughs> that's, a, that's a great word from a former Charlton manager, of course, Ian Dowling. Now, Obviously, we, we mentioned the takeover there. It's been dragging on for a little while. Um, most, uh, most listeners know how me and Tom feel about, about the impending takeover. And what's your view on it? Is it important, not that important? I mean,
4: Yeah, I think just for the stability of the players and their futures, um, to know where we're going... I think you made a comment uh, either last week or the week before about, you know, they want to know their futures are certain somewhere. Mm. If they're not certain um, and they feel that they haven't got a future, then I don't see why a player, irrespective of being paid or not, quite well, will put their all into it. But I think it has dragged on too long. I think it should have been sorted out earlier this year. It hasn't happened. Um, but for me... It's on the horizon. It is going to happen, and if it happens this week, next week, the end of the season, we know he wants out. We know he wants gone. So, to me, it, I'm I'm not overly fussed if it happens this week or not. It, yeah. We we all know it's happening, and. Yeah. Hopefully, not
2: sitting on tenterhooks right right. like me and Tom are with uh, champagne on ice, waiting for something to happen. Oh, I've always
4: got champagne on ice. But yeah, that's, that's just uh, the that's that's just a lavish just, uh, lifestyle you yeah, yeah, live. Yeah, but if you need some, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> excellent.
2: Right, let's uh, let's crack on uh, with tonight's interviews. First up, we've got the uh, Charlton fan and former Crawley Town press officer Alex Stedman. Obviously, the news uh, that Harry Kewell may or may not be joining the club has been very much uh, in the uh, in the local and national media over the last few days couple of weeks now maybe I guess I might be fair to say um, although there was an interesting interview with Kewl today where he said he's uh, not going to come and he's going to take um, Crawley to the Premier League so good luck to him uh, but if he is uh, that, that may just be him just saying that because of course he uh, if you think about Carl Robinson saying he's got no interest in going to Oxford United I mean we all know where he is now so uh, that may just be manager speak now of course um, not many of us know about Harry Kewl as a manager so I got on to Stedman uh, who's uh, now left uh, Crawley town he's working elsewhere uh, but so he could probably be a little bit more as He well. gave us uh, the lowdown on what we could expect if Harry Kuhl were to join us. Joining us now on Charlton Live is a Charlton fan, but also the former Crawley Town press officer, Alex Stedman. Good evening, Stedders. How are you doing? Evening, Lou, You right, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Thanks for for joining us. Now, obviously, um, the club have been heavily linked with uh, the Crawley Town manager, Harry Kuhl. And most of us, we remember him as a player, but we won't really know much about him. As a manager, now you've got a bit a little, a little bit of a knowledge on that, of course, because you were working at Crawley Town uh, over the last few years, and so you've seen the start, indeed, of his uh, of his time there. So, I mean, I mean, how would you describe uh, Harry Kuehl's time at, at Crawley so far? I uh, suppose the best
5: best word I could use is, um, is focus. Um, during pre-season, when he came in at Crawley Town, he was very meticulous in those sessions. Um, placed a lot of emphasis on um, on fitness work um, and indeed during, well, most of this season really, most of it during my time at Crawley Town and still ongoing when I went back last week. Um, one noticeable thing about Crawley is that they played for the entire 90 minutes and beyond now. They're probably one of the fitness, if not the fittest, team in the division. They've scored quite a few late goals um, and that's no coincidence that he had placed a big emphasis on fitness and making sure they were sharp and ready. He uh, asked a lot of them, particularly during pre-season and uh, throughout August and September where results weren't necessarily going the size way, but you could see there was a very distinctive style of play and a, method, a long-term method um, and it's no coincidence um, since probably mid November, throughout December, January yeah, and February. The results have picked up and, like I say, that's down
2: to the uh, the work that went on during pre how, how would you describe, sort of, like the, the the type of football he plays? Um, it's quite expansive. Um, I think in League Two, where Crawley
5: Town find themselves, there's a lot of physical sides, um, and there maybe isn't necessarily as much emphasis on trying to play the ball out from the back and playing football that's nice on the eye. But once Six carry was that he was very keen to get that style across and try and implement implement, beg your now, Crawley. And, and for the most part, I think he's done there. There's still the odd occasion where perhaps it doesn't quite go to plan, but at that level, you don't expect it to every time. Um, and so he likes his defenders to play out from the back, likes to play through the third, and he placed a great emphasis um, on very quick and powerful players at Crawley down, um, particularly in the wide areas. He was very keen to focus on Crawley's strength in those wide positions. Um, and yeah, like I say, over the last few months, it seems that That's worked for them because they've shot up the table. They were a few points off the relegation side. um, And up until until a couple of weeks ago, the form did slightly in
2: recent weeks, but they're even looking at the playoffs. So that speaks volumes as to to how he's done down at the Shekka Stadium. Yeah, you you mentioned that the because obviously Crawley are sort of floating around in mid table now and they, they, they did start off quite badly, then they had that, that great run where they were looking to flirt with the playoffs and they've dropped off recently. But I mean I mean to a Charlton fan they'll just look at oh it's League Two mid table, it's nothing special. I mean, but would Crawley say that was above expectation, below expectation, sort of on a par with what they were hoping for this season? I think it's quite difficult with Crawley Town because they
5: achieved quite a lot very quickly, didn't they? They rose from the non league up to league one. Drop back down to League Two, and this is no in no disrespect to Crawley Town in any way. I think they found their level in League Two, um, and I think Harry has definitely improved last, you know, last season's finishing position. Um, there's no doubt about that. The stats don't lie, do they? They're, they're where they are in the league table, and that's better off where they found themselves last year. They're, I think. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen at the Valley. That would be wrong to say, but. I think if Hercule was being honest and they said what would be your five-year plan with Crawley Town, if he had one, he'd probably say to get him into League One. And I think they're probably, at the moment, though, on reflection, mid-table in League Two is probably correct with the squad they have. I think for him to turn them into relegation candidates to playoff potential um, is really good. And I think it was difficult for him at the start. A lot of people write him off. I remember there was a fan form that I parted in August and I thought we might have to, you know, stick it from the side door. But in fairness to him, he really he really held his own and he was really, really determined that this is what we were going to do and the results were going to change. And he didn't necessarily get laughed out of the room, but I'm not sure how many people in that room up there in the executive suite at Crawley Town believed him that night. Um, I certainly believed him and, and now they've turned it around, which I'm obviously delighted about. Um, I can understand some Charlton fans' apprehension. Um, relatively untested, but if he was a, a former Charlton player like Lee Bowyer is, you could argue that you know Lee Bowyer hasn't had hasn't had you know much managerial experience. Indeed, no senior management experience at all, and, and he's been welcomed with open arms. So I think you have to give these things a chance. And on the evidence of what he's done at Crawley Town so far, in changing the playing style um, and changing the league position. I think, you know,
2: you can't have too many complaints in that department. Finally, from me, uh, obviously last time we had you uh, on the show was when you were talking about your, your fundraising for the John Hartson Foundation as you are suffering uh, from tes- testicular cancer. I mean, that was the last time we had you on, so I guess if you just wanted to give an update on how you're doing now, really. Yeah, well, that's about a year ago now, isn't it? Yeah, I mm. um, yeah, raised about £4,000 uh, 4, for the John Hartson Foundation to the
5: sales of... Various shirts from around the country and footballs and boots and whatever. Um, had their charity dinner back in November, which I did a little speech for, which John Hartson didn't actually tell me about. <laughs> Caught me a little bit off guard. Um, room of about five hundred people that had all been sampling the local ale, but no, nah, it was good. Um, and and now I'm obviously fully fit and healthy again. Um, loving loving my work and just very grateful without getting too deep into it, because I know we've done it all before, but just feeling
2: very grateful to be A, doing what I'm doing, and B, without being too deep still to be here as well, so yeah, it's amazing what difference 12 months can make. So there we go, great to hear from Alex Stedman, as as you would have heard at the end of course, last time he was on was about a year ago when he was suffering from from testicular cancer uh, fundraising, uh for the for the by selling shirts and stuff for the John Hartson Foundation um as you heard obviously he's, he's fine now which is great to hear and he's he's cracking on he's got he's got a job elsewhere which we we won't mention but he's uh doing really well um but as we say he's the man who knows about Harry Quill now we know that Harry Quill was a great player superb player back in the day Leeds Liverpool uh, many other clubs as well now obviously he's up at um uh, Crawley Town we didn't really know too much about him now we've heard from said as we do i mean in terms of if he is the man we're still in this weird sense of limbo where we don't know if he's going to be but if he was the man I mean is there, is there something in there that you think well maybe he you know, might might do something or is it more a case of well he's, he's very unproven isn't he I, th- I think
3: he's a bit of both of them really yeah, he is unproven but that, but that doesn't mean that he wouldn't work out um I see uh, Mick McCarthy obviously leaving Ipswich today and apparently they, they've well they've been linked with um, the two guys who are managing Lincoln at the moment mm. so again they've done a good job at lower league um, but again a bit unproven so it'd be a bit like that I don't know uh, I mean he's done okay at Crawley but he's still f- finding his feet as a manager um, and he's he's not got a huge amount of experience so it's a risk as it is with any any new inexperienced manager you know Chris Powell's a risk and look how that worked out so yeah um, For me, and I said it last week, I think Boya has to stay for the moment, he has to stay till the end of the season at least, Um, but yeah, I don't know, Kewler's, he'd just be someone that, it would be a risk, that that would be my concern Um, and I think after everything we've been through, all the instability, all the managers that we can reel off over the past few years, a bit of stability and someone who's perhaps got a bit more experience I think would make me feel a bit more comfortable
2: I mean Pete what do you think about the whether we should keep on Lee Bowyer I mean obviously it's only been one game so far so I mean by the time most people listen to this it might even be after the Northampton game we might sound stupid if we get done 3-0 tomorrow but I mean at your current moment in time I mean do, do you think that Bowyer should be given a chance into the season or do you think well you know if the owners want to work with Kewl then bring him in
4: uh, no I think i I'd, I'd stick with Bowyer and, and Jacko until mm-hmm. the end of the season I wouldn't uh We've had enough instability, as Tom said. You know, over the last last four years, we've had, I think, in total, it's like 12 managers, I think, <laughs> which is 30% of our history. It's a ridiculous amount, isn't it? Um, I wouldn't... Me, personally, I probably echo Tom's words in the fact that he's... I think he managed Watford under-23s. Mm, and didn't do and, very well And there. didn't do very well there. I think he's done all right. I mean, for any manager to get Carla Hearn-Grant scoring, I think, is a magician, really.
2: Um, well, Rob, I did it for a little while.
4: Yeah, for about three games. <laughs> um, but um, no, nah, I want someone after five games. I think I'd like to assess Boya. I don't really know what I'd want for next season, but mm. I think after five games, I think to the you know to the to the middle of middle of April, um, we'll sort of see where we are. Um, and then I, if you know, if he gets us in the playoffs, then there'll be no reason not to give Boya. A contract, but I, st- I still see Alan Kerbush, he's 33 to 1 outside so. <laughs> yeah. <used> be <laughs> um, 16 let's... to 1 back in the day. So. Yeah, yeah, no, he's, he's he's dropping, but uh, let, let's not rule out curbs. Yeah. But no, i stick with yeah. Bowie for time.
2: I mean, so Harry Kuehl has, in terms of experience, overly Bowie. I mean, Bowie's got one game, Kuehl's got how, however long he was at Watford under 23s for, plus effectively almost an entire season now with Crawley Town. I mean, do you think that amount of experience? should sort of uh, override the fact that Bowyer's got Cholton in his heart and you know, that, that's something that a lot of fans like the fact he's a Cholton man do, do you think that's enough experience to override someone like Lee Bowyer who's obviously got none
3: no I think um, if you can find a manager who's got a good track record and a, and a decent amount of experience and by decent I'm talking five or six seasons minimum at, you know, at this level I think then you've maybe got an argument um, but I I don't I, look I've got nothing against Harry Kiel. um I, I'm more than happy to see him succeed at Crawley Um and who knows? Maybe he'll go on to to be one of those those decent managers that five, six, seven years down the line is someone we look at. I just think at the moment, and it's what I said earlier. I think just we've had so much instability. We just need a bit of we need a bit of Charlton back, really. Um, and it, with someone likely Boya in charge, obviously Boya's got to prove himself as well. But if it's not Boya, I'd either want someone who's seasoned and knows what they're doing, or someone else who's got Charlton, you know, in their blood. And obviously Powell's not going to be that one because he's at South End but. There's other people out there. We talk, talked about Nathan Jones in previous weeks. There are other managers like that that I would rather go after. As I say, it's nothing against Kuhl personally. I just think he's still finding his feet as a manager, and I don't think if and when the takeover happens, that we're a club that really want to be the club that he does that with. If that makes yeah. sense, I think. I'd rather get someone in who's got a bit more experience.
2: I mean, uh, Valley Floyd Fred says, going for Cule is pointless uh, purely on the fact that someone of basically the same experience but is Cholton is already at the club so we have to give uh, Boya a chance. Now, obviously, when I asked Stedman there about the style of football, Pete, he was talking about how um, it sounds like they like to play it around a bit, play it out from the back. Now, I mean, how how do you think that would go in League One in particular? Because obviously, it it got crawley some results, had a really great run. I think they won about nine out of ten games each side of Christmas. Um, but at the start of the season, I, I guess while they're trying to get used to that system, and now it's sort of fallen away a little bit. Obviously, that they, they, they've had some difficult runs. So, I mean, how, how do you think that sort of football could go in League One?
4: Yeah, I think it can work. Um, it's, it, it, it's 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 kind of it's it's kind of hard to, to get a specific style of football, especially in this league, um, when it's 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 a, it's a lot more physical than the Championship. To be honest, there is a lot less football. Played um, just due to the, the the nature of the league and the quality of the players. I think, like, as you say, Cure has got them playing. Um, uh, they're, they're mid-table. Um, they've they've got they have had a good run. Um, they
2: score goals. It's a little bit about um, you've got to take into account what size club Crawley are. I think, they're yeah, I just amongst the favourites to go down at the start of the season. What so. what what I don't want to be is
4: that we've we're getting it. Everybody wants Roland out, and we we want a new ownership, but. Under Roland, it was bringing in the own managers because mm. of that, of that that was the way he wanted. So to start on that footing with uh, the potential Australian consortium coming in, picking someone from a lower league, I think even Harry would probably be honest with himself. You know, We know him as a great player from when we were younger um, and he's doing a good job at Crawley, but I wouldn't say that less than a season at a League 2 club mm. without the credentials for a club. And we are one of the bigger clubs, Um, believe it or not in in the league um, we need to get back to the championship and I think I I think I, I agree I think Nathan Jones I mean we just see what Nathan Jones has done with Luton and I, I would go with someone that he knows, Charlton. Mm. And I'm surprised he hasn't been touted. He's obviously flatly, yeah. flatly rejected. I mean, yeah, John. we've we've mentioned would, it a couple of times on the yeah. Love sports show in particular. But yeah, yeah. I, w- I would go with him. Someone who knows Cholton, someone who's got the pedigree. He's he's done it in lower leagues, and you know, yeah, I, I would go. I wouldn't. I'll be honest. I, I don't really want as manager. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, because a lot of people have said, as as Pete just said there, Tom, about how it's very much you know Roland had his own managers, you know, and then you end up with Josh like Carol Friday. I mean obviously that, that was a negative that he was just bringing in anyone that brushed past him on the street more than once, like people he knew, people he'd worked with. Now, now you could argue that if the Australians were to do that, I mean, there, there's nothing wrong with a manager who has a good relationship with the people above him, because they have to work together. Now, obviously, under Roland, unfortunately, the people above the managers, and well, the managers were poor anyway, but then the people above him didn't know what they were doing. Now, if that was different with this so called Australian consortium, if they are the ones who end up taking over, I mean, could that be seen also? I mean, it's seen as a negative because it could just be, oh, he's my mate, I'm going to give him a job no matter how good he is. But could it be seen as a positive, a positive because, well, you know, they're going to work together, they're all going to be sort of thinking the same way, they might have some sort of connection that, that could help the club?
3: Yeah, uh, I see that point of view and I, and I agree with you that that relationship's important. If they're employing uh, Darren Lehman, the uh, ex Australian cricket coach, or, you know, they're employing Pat Rafter, the ex. Australian tennis player mm. that, you know that's in line with we're what Roman, that cricket
2: coach, we're going to be yeah. curling some balls into some <laughs> corner aren't we yeah. keeper ain't going to see it
3: <laughs> but uh, yeah if they're just picking picking people that they know who've got no interest in football or no I say none I, I know Fry had some experience in that he'd managed under 12's or his kids <laughs> team or something but yeah that is obviously an issue I completely agree that the relationship between uh, the owner and the manager is crucial and I mean that's been proven uh, in what's happened here Um but also at the same time you have to look at what happened with Roland and the managers he do, did know, none of them really worked out. Now part of that of course is down to the fact that those managers were inexperienced and were no good, but knowing Roland didn't help them, uh, it helped him get a job, but it, they still lost it ultimately. So. That relationship can be formed. Um, it doesn't have to be something that, you know, they don't have to pick their mates straight away. Um, if you get a decent manager in and you're willing to have open conversations with them, which as an owner, that should be your responsibility, then that relationship can work with any manager. Um, and there's no reason that couldn't work with Lee Bowyer. Again, I'm not, you know, saying he deserves the job straight away. He's got a long way to prove himself as well. But if he, like uh, Pete said, if he gets us into the playoffs, uh, even if we don't go up, he proves that worth then why not give him a chance next year if they're prepared to give him that that conversation and that open relationship with him
2: Right so the latest uh, from Harry Kuehl he spoke to the Crawley Observer uh, earlier on today uh, with regards to the link with the Charlton job he said uh, I'm flattered because it's a great club but no one has approached me um, he, he described it as speculation and goes however I don't think you all realise how big this club cruelly can possibly be with a little bit of hard work and a few more players you just don't know how good this club could be I see so much potential in the squad and the area I want to take this club to the top to the Premier League even why not uh, he then cited Bournemouth as an example uh, of someone who, who's done that before so uh, that's Kul's latest on it, as we sort of said earlier on the, on the top of the show. Um, you, you never really know. I mean, uh, <laughs> you, you never really can trust a manager when he's saying that at, at the right, at, at the current club he's at. Um, in fact, Garmy said, "I'm sure Kuhl could take Crawley to, to the Premier League, but only on FIFA 2018." So <laughs> yeah. there you go. Uh, Valley Voice now. Now, of course, uh, a few people have noticed that. Um, Uh, Chris Powell's odds have uh, shortened a little bit over, but we we worked out the other day that it really doesn't take that much money going on a Charlton manager market to really shorten someone's odds. Uh, But Valley Voice says, As much as I love Powell, I think it would be a mistake bringing him back. We should cherish the memories and don't kill the love for Powell. Keep Boya or bring in Nathan. Jones. Right, we'll have a quick break here on Charlton Live. When we come back, we're going to hear a little clip from our Love Sport radio show, uh, just to let you know what we get up to over on that uh, that their radio station. The
6: way you
7: move on That pressure on Britain instead, they still have it, it does, but they give it away as McGrandles loses out to Kashi will go for goal here, Kashi, shows us oh, in! What a Kashi! Oh. Oh, Akme Kashi. What a strike from the
5: Algiers. <laughs>
2: Welcome back to Channel Live here on Maritime Radio. Now, just to give you the heads up, because obviously it's the Easter weekend coming up, uh, let you know what our plans are. So today is Thursday. We're doing the big match preview. Tomorrow, Good Friday is when we're playing Northampton Town. Many of you will probably be listening to this uh, on the way up to that game. Let's hope it's uh, three points for the Addicts, and let's hope you've had a, a couple of beers already. Um, now, Sunday is Easter Sunday, um, and then we're playing on Monday. So just because of the sheer workload that we're going to have over the weekend and the fact it is... Uh, a special day, you know, family day. Uh, we're not going to do a show. Uh, I will try and put out a mini podcast with any in, uh, interviews. Uh, and highlights from the Northampton game but I'll just do a very short one at home so don't don't try and tune in on Sunday because we're not going to be here but do check your podcast feed uh, for some reaction to the Northampton game now on Monday uh, we're at home to Rotherham of course and then in the evening both Tom and Nathan uh, are going to head over to the Love Sport Radio studio uh, to review the game and of course you'll be able to phone in and have your say on that radio show now obviously um, we, we don't put those shows out of podcast. you can listen to them on demand via their website after which is Love Sport Radio uh, just search for the on-demand page, and you'll find Charlton live on there somewhere. Um, but I just wanted to give you, for those of you who hadn't listened to the show, an idea of what we get up to on Love Sport Radio. So this is a clip from Monday evening show. Obviously, we were looking back at the game against uh, last weekend against Plymouth Argyle, uh, and this is one of the calls that came in uh, during that show. So this is what we get up to over on Love Sport. Get
1: up, get- This is uh, Love Sport Radio. I'm Alex Stavanovic. We are talking all things Charlton Athletic until 10 o'clock this evening. This is the Charlton Hour, and it's your chance to have your say here. Give us a call, 0208 7020 558, and also on the socials at Love Sport Radio. Uh, We're also online and digital. We're on 558 AM, also on your Alexa smart speaker. I'm joined here by Tom Wallin and Louis Mendez, both from Charlton Live. Good day. Evening to you guys. Evening, Alex. How are you doing? Yeah, all right. Thanks. All right. Um, I, want someone, I want to bring Paul from Portsmouth. He's a, uh, a Charlton fan in on the line. Good evening to you, Paul. Hello, guys. You all right? Yeah, good, thanks. Very well, thanks. Uh, what would you like to say?
6: I just uh, want to say what a turnaround I thought Saturday was. I thought um, the week before the Fleetwood game um, was, was probably one of the direst games. I, I was fortunate enough not to travel to the Blackpool game. Before that, which uh, listening to the guys on Charlton Live telling one of the most miserable Charlton experiences ever, um, but I thought the game on Saturday was a complete turnaround, and uh, I, I agree with what the guys been saying. It just felt like such a good uh, feel good. Um, feeling around the club from uh, you know turning up before the game everyone seemed up um, obviously uh, the change of management having two uh, Charlton legends in, in Bowyer and, and Johnny Jackson in charge um, I think just gave everyone a lift and, and you could see that and it was such a difference in the atmosphere and the crowd on Saturday as well you know if the ball went backwards there wasn't the booing and jeering that we were all doing on the, the Saturday of the Fleetwood game but you know, everyone saw it as a positive move, Charlton were looking to push forward uh, and obviously a, a cracking result and um, if only the uh, the takeover could go for as well, it, it could be an absolute perfect week for Charlton.
2: Yeah, I mean, what what, what do you think sparked that upturn in performance? Because obviously there was a lot of talk about the, the the change to two up top, which we haven't seen too far uh, too often this season. And of course, you mentioned there the atmosphere, the, the takeover that's now seemingly imminent again. I mean, do do you think all these things sort of combine to come come up with like a perfect storm of positivity at the Valley?
6: I, I think it is, Louis, yeah. I think um, I think the two up front, as soon as I saw the team news, I, I had dreadful traffic bombs getting up from Boston on Saturday once, I like, just about arrived as the team was being announced. And, uh, you know, you, you immediately looked at that for, right, Jose and uh, Zara playing alongside each other. Um, I think that really gave everyone a spot. Obviously, we started brilliantly when we had that chance in the first... Um, what was it, the first minute uh, when there was a great tackle from the guy who looked clean through and um, and obviously Page's goal. But I think that the takeover being almost done and obviously we've all been, I'm sure, refreshing Twitter every two and a half seconds today, <laughs> hoping it will go through and uh, sadly hasn't. But, um, you know, I think there's, there's so many positive things. I think Bowie, um is, is a Charlton player. You know, he, he came up through the ranks at Charlton. We, we sold him, um, Kerb sold him, and then rebuilt the team that uh, got us promoted. You know, I think if I, I might be wrong, lads, but so, uh, correct me if I'm. But I'm sure when we sold Boaty, yeah, is when uh, Kerb actually spent the money on buying in Donker Jones. Um, that got us up through the playoffs that year so you know he's a, he's a champion. obviously jackson's been with us for so many years um we'll all remember his instrumental being the the captain that you know got us up 100 points what was that five six years ago now so mm. um i think there were so many things that gave it a positive atmosphere on saturday and it was so bizarre because walking back to the car after the fleet with debacle my dad and i were chatting as, as we all done the way back and we were both saying maybe maybe robinson had to go and neither of us were People who were on Robinson's back, we, we both thought he was the right guy, possibly at the wrong time. But we both sort of said to Joel, oh, maybe he needs to go, maybe Jackson or Bowie needs to take over at the end of the season, and it just seemed to give everyone a lift. But I think that the big thing was that the imminent the imminent takeover, which if that could just go through, I think would make such a difference. Mm-hmm. So, so looking ahead, Certainly make my two hundred mile round trips worthwhile. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, so looking ahead to that takeover,
2: I mean, obviously the word has been in the press recently that. Harry Kuehl would appear to be the man coming in. What do you make of him? Because obviously he's in his first senior managerial job with Crawley now. Uh, other than that, he's just done a little bit at Watford under 23s. I mean, are you excited by the prospect of him coming in? In
1: 30 seconds, if you can, Paul.
6: I'd really love that. I think I'd love to see Bowie and Jackson stay to the end of the season. I I thought it was very interesting to listen to Terry's interview on uh, your show on Sunday night, Louis, when um, Bowie was saying that he'd he'd been working with Kiel at the under 23s at Watford, which I was totally unaware of before he came to us. So obviously he's worked with Kiel before, but um, personally, I'd love to see uh, Bowie and Jackson get the job to the end of the season.
1: Paul, thank you so much for your call. Uh, that's Paul from Portsmouth. He's a Charlton fan uh, there with us here on Love Sport. Love Sport Radio. Oh two oh eight seventy twenty five five eight is the number to call.
2: There we go. That was a clip from uh, Monday's Lost Sport Radio Show. Uh, as you can see, you can call in, you can chat to us, chat about anything you want uh, about the club. It was a really enjoyable show. That was Paul from Portsmouth who, who joined us. Uh, that was a really good call. And uh, yeah, so you're doing Monday, so it'd be a really good one because we would have just played as well. So yeah,
3: and obviously we'll have had two games since we last did it. Mm. So yeah, urge everyone to get in touch because mm. uh, yeah, the calls make it really interesting. It's a good chance yeah. to have some interaction because obviously we don't get the opportunity here other than the uh, the social media. So yeah. yeah,
2: so yeah, so join in uh, Monday evening night o'clock till 10 o'clock lovesportradio.com uh, medium wave five five eight in the london area uh you can listen for your alexa smart speaker as well well i don't i don't really understand how that works but apparently you can uh, right um we had a tweet in from sarah she says i wonder if powell regrets joining twitter with the charlton fans hounding him to come back do you think he's getting uh the message yeah i mean uh, i imagine he's uh, his notifications is just a timeline full of uh, Charlton fans saying please come and manage the club again.' but i mean I mean, Rich did go with it in his paper last week that he was the Australian consortium's first choice. So you never know. If they end up waiting until the end of the season with Bo, you see how he goes. Maybe they'll make a decision or we'll just try and get Pally now.
3: I uh, Yeah, I'm I'm not sure he's going to come back anytime soon, as I say, because he's got that South End job. He's he's a sort of loyal man uh, that's going to stick that out. I, I'd i be very surprised if we didn't see him back here again at some point as a manager. Um, I know they say that they'll never go back, but... I just feel he's got unfinished business he he was let go so harshly in the first place I think he wants to come back here and and prove a point Um, but yeah I don't think it will be now but interesting that that he was their first choice and as we said back before the takeover had happened we said if if you're a new owner and you want to get fans on side quickly you hire Chris Powell as manager
2: you have him back Pete? yeah <laughs>
4: yeah I would yeah. I mean he came back three times as a, it was three yeah. times as a yeah. player so he might as well try and emulate that as a manager <laughs> I mean like I said he's got unfinished business yeah. the way he left the way he was pushed out yeah. at the Sheffield, Sheffield United game yeah. um, he needs to four, score four, at the cover then and be carried off like yeah. he did yeah, as a player the, um, I mean yeah I, d- I, d- I don't know many Charlton fans that wouldn't have him but it has to be it right. has to yeah. be right. It has to be the right yeah. circumstance. He 100%. needs to have money. He needs to be given full control. And I, d- I don't think there'd be any Charlton fan. Yeah. I'd like to meet him. who wouldn't want him, back
2: Yeah. No. I mean, it's, it's like you know they they do say never go back. Look at Martin Mad Dog Allen fighting oh, so about there seven times. times. Yeah, five times. It's literally like someone's playing fetch <laughs> with Mad Dog. Isn't? It? They're <laughs> chucking the ball. He's bringing it back five times. Uh, to try and save uh, the bees from relegation, right? Red and white, 1905 says. Has anyone thought maybe the takeover was made up to keep us from protesting at the Valian in Belgium? Uh, just saying. Murray keeps saying it's close. Don't happen. Uh, newspaper reports uh, it's happening. It doesn't happen. I mean, it'd be, it'd be, if Murray wanted to do that, he could, but I don't think he does. And then I think it'd be much harder for it to be out in papers and, and with people like Rick, who who've been speaking mm-hmm. to numerous different bids as well. There's no way he'd just be. You know, wasting all that time if he wasn't looking to sell
3: yeah I uh I see what the the guy who's tweeted in says um it would be a tactic I think if it what if there was nothing happening as you say I think somebody in the know would have seen past that and would be able to leak that and we'd find out um yeah I think the protests are obviously keep getting pushed back um I think the the recent decision not to um for Easter Monday is, is totally right um hundred percent but I there have been other opportunities to protest earlier in the season, and maybe the the takeover talk has obviously stalled those protests. I don't think they did that. Uh, you know, I've got no inside knowledge, but I think Murray probably made those statements in good faith. Now they were slightly misguided in that the the information wasn't as correct, but you know, a lot of people trust Rick and Rick's evidence, and he he tweeted done deal, and and that proved to be incorrect in that the takeover hasn't happened yet. So, you know, people are putting things out there. Um, I don't personally think there's any mind games or tactics in it Um, as I say I could be wrong but uh, yeah certainly in terms of the decision not to protest on Monday I I totally get that and I I support that because it has only been one game but the the atmosphere on Saturday was so different there's just perhaps that glimmer of hope that we don't want to interrupt that now we want to let them get on with it and and let's see where we are in a few games time.
2: Right let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live when we come back it will be time to start looking ahead to Good Friday's game uh, up at Northampton but before that we've got a really good wish we were there as well. (music)
0: Real noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
7: He seems to be occupying that left hand side at the moment. Little step over onto his left foot, Marshall. Ball in the box is good. And Rebo, first time. Oh, what a goal! Lovely
1: finish! (laughs) Oh, what a goal! Joe Rebo gives Charlton the lead. Great ball in from Mark Marshall on the left hand side. Chips it in. And Rebo with a calm left footed volley.
7: I've found the ball right corner and John of the lead. We
5: living, living,
8: Setting out the agenda here, but not yet
9: breaking through, not yet beating Simon Royce. Jensen with the corner. Oh Barkley! put in by Andy Todd. Well, I just wonder what kind of phantom that Jerry Tiger been off the field to the corner proved to be. Normally you don't get a goal, you don't get a free header against Leicester City in this sort of situation but the run in there was an excellent one and full mark. Todd the Todd on the prowl just wait to knock it in but really I think Jerry Taggart's absence was really a major contributor here and they're very poor marking It's often said that attack's the best form of defence and Kirby, we want to be controlled attack we would love a finish to it oh, and he's got it! Air. Brilliant! Tyler, over the last couple of days, you and I have witnessed some wonderful goals. Gerard and Fowler yesterday. And this one, well, I tell you what, when you look at goal of the season, this is going to take some beating. If Perla de Ducagno wins it last season, then that's right up there with it. Wonderful vision from Stuart. And it was a lot more than that to go because he had to beat someone before he even delivered the ball. And taking this on.
2: What a strike. That's worthy of winning any football match. That was April the 1st, 2001. Sean Bartlett's uh, goal, amazing left-footed volley after a long probing ball from a, a grand shirt that did win goal of the season that year. Superb strike it was and always nice to reminisce. And uh, you're a big fan of Short Bartlett because of your South African roots. Yeah. Aren't you? Yeah. Oh, I like him. Yeah. yeah. Oh,
4: looking back to the days of that mediocre Premier League football we used to play. <laughs> eh?
2: <laughs> yeah, so, that's oh, so, like sh- champagne football in the Premier League. That was what yeah. I was brought up on, and that's what I want again. Yeah. Uh, right. Will Boland tweets in saying, uh, "Any chance you can mention this? Reclaim the game." It's the uh, petition that's been put out. I think the I think it started uh, by Blackpool fans actually, mm-hmm. but it's a uh, at yeah, it? Yeah, by a, a petition aimed at the FA. Uh, to rid what they say that the dodgy owners are destroying uh, our clubs whilst they feel that the, the EFL, the Football League and the FA just sit back and watch so if you want to sign that, I've uh, just retweeted that on the Live uh, Twitter account if you want to get involved in that Right, time to look ahead uh, tomorrow, Friday Good Friday, hopefully it'll be a very good Friday when we go up to uh, Northampton uh, to take on the Cobblers. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, of course, the manager there. They're not having a great season. Now, uh, as has been the feature on Chartman Live, the big match preview for the last few weeks, I decided to get in contact with James Hennigan from the Northampton Chronicle and Echo uh, to find out how the Cobblers are getting on this season. Right, we're joined now on Chartman Live by James Hennigan from the Northampton Chronicle and Echo. Good evening, James. How are you doing? Hi there. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Now, of course, it's a... Uh, Big game coming up on on Good Friday for for both clubs. Really, the Cobblers are in all sorts of trouble now. Just one winning in ten, two points from safety, but having played uh, a few more games than some of those around them as well. So, I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, in general, how has the season seemed to have gone for them? Uh,
7: I'd say disappointing is the word that sums it up. Especially as before the season started, there was quite a lot of optimism. I mean, last season was a struggle, and they only just stayed up uh, on the penult- penultimate weekend. Um, but they signed quite a few players in the summer, they also got extra investment, and yeah, I think uh, expectations were quite high, I mean, nothing too special, but sort of at least mid-table, maybe top-half push, Um, but it's just gone sort of lurched from one disaster to the next, Mm -hmm. Um, as their goal difference shows, they've let in quite a few goals, had quite a few beatings, consistency has been a real problem, they've been through, they're on their second manager now, they've gone through, I've lost count of the amount of players they've signed, Over the last sort of ten, twelve months, Um, so yeah, it's just been a big disappointment and a a, a huge
2: letdown. Yeah, because I guess at the you know the start of last season when they just got promoted and you know Chris Wilder had done such a good job uh, under all those financial constraints. I mean, were were things sort of looking up in in particular on the financial side as well?
7: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, the season they got uh, the season they won the league. After that, there was obviously a lot of expectation, a lot of. um, Optimism and everyone was quite upbeat, and they had a new chairman who brought in a bit of money, and everything looked really good. But then Wilder left, and and ever since then it started going downhill. Really, I mean, his replacement, well Page, didn't didn't do a great job. He didn't really maintain that momentum and that sort of feel good vibe from the previous year. Um, he was sacked, and then Justin Edinburgh came in. as a brief upturn when he he first came in, but again he just didn't get the results consistently enough. Was sacked at the start of this season. And similar sort of story with Hasselbank. You know that's that's been the big problem for them is finding a manager who who can get consistent results and who can get the best out of the players. Because financially they're very they're very settled. They've got a decent backing and they've brought it. In, in theory, they've brought in some really good, solid League One players. Um, but for one reason or another, whoever the manager is, can't seem to get the best
2: out of them. And, and it's very frustrating for fans. Yeah, I mean, obviously Charlton fans will be quite familiar with your, with your current manager, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, because he, he did play for us for a, a, yeah. a, one season in the Premier League. I mean, what sort of managerial style has he got? Because, I mean, we, we saw he had success at, at Burton Albion, uh, but not so yeah. much at QPR and, and seems to be struggling again this season.
7: Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? Because you'd have thought Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, given his reputation as a player and how he, how he played, he would be quite a sort of attacking, forward-thinking manager but um, it's actually the opposite. I mean, he's he's very uh, he's very focused on being well drilled, being well organised, and uh, being difficult to beat. Um, and at times that has that has shown. Um, they've had games where he, actually against the better sides in the league, they've looked a bit better. They've have helped. They've drawn with the backburn twice. They're only narrowly beaten by Wigan twice. Drew with Shrewsbury, um, but. I think it's it's been more at home. They've struggled at home. Um, Coming up with sort of an attacking game plan in terms of creating chances and scoring goals. I think only two teams in the division have scored less than them. Um, That has been a problem. You wouldn't have thought that was Hasman, given his, you know, what he was like as a player, amazing striker, amazing goal record, but. Yeah, I mean, scoring goals has been Northampton's problem, so they could do with, uh, could do
2: with him in his prime, I think, right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, so has that been their main, main problem this season, do you reckon, scoring goals?
7: Yeah, for sure. I mean, y- y- if you look to the league table, you could argue was conceded too many, and obviously they have conceded too many, but when it comes down to it, uh, you know, if they do go down this season, it will be a lack of goals that will send them down, because you look at the players again, you know, the players they've signed, the players they've got they all have the reputation or they all have the talent to, to succeed at this level. They've ever done it in the past or, you know, they've got three or four players on loan from Premier League clubs. Um, they've got other players who have had success at this level, um, but for some reason they're just not getting the goals out of the team that they need. Um, there are too many sort of nil-nils, one-nil defeats... Um, so yeah, scoring goals has been the
2: major problem. And what can the child, what sort of atmosphere can the Champion fans expect to see on Friday? I mean, are the crowd quite quick to turn if things aren't going their way at the moment?
7: Yeah, there's been a bit of uh, bit of friction between Hasbank and the fans actually uh, over the last few months. I mean, the fans have slowly turned, um, and he criticised the fans after we well, initially criticised them back in November after a nil-nil draw at home. And there was a few boos, and he didn't like that. And then similar sort of scenario recently against Oxford at home, when uh, again it ended 0 nil They played all right, but there was a few few a few sort of um, comments that I can't repeat. But mm-hmm. he he, did, he doesn't take too kindly to that. I, I think a few managers just ignore it and, and treat it as part of the game. But Hasbank didn't do that, and he openly criticised the, the fans and said they shouldn't do it. And it doesn't help the players and all that, and that that has only wrapped them up the wrong way further. Um so the atmosphere if it doesn't if the game doesn't start well, if they can see it early or they they start badly then it it will turn and I think it will get a bit nasty. Um but at the same time they played Shrewsbury home last Tuesday and it was a great atmosphere. They were really behind the team. Um there you know, it was good good, uh, good noise. Um so, yeah, it's all about how they start. First 10-20 minutes are, is absolutely
9: crucial. Mm.
2: So, let's look ahead to, to Friday's game. Obviously, earlier on in the season, Charlton ran out ran out 4-1 winners quite early on uh, in the campaign at the Valley. But, I mean, what, what are the players that, that Charlton fans should be looking out for in the Northampton team on Friday? Uh,
7: that's a good question. <laughs> um, I think uh, it, w- it would have been John Joe at all had he not been suspended because he's be, by, been by far and away Northampton's best player over the last three years. Um but with him out, I'd say Matt Crooks, who's quite a powerful box-to-box midfielder Who's chips in with the odd goal. Um, uh, Pereira, who's a player who's come in on loan. He was at Nottingham Forest last year, sort of a quick, pacey, direct player. Um, and it's Harry Kevin von Vain, the striker they signed from Scunthorpe. Uh, he's got quite a good goal record at Scunthorpe in this division, but he hasn't quite done it for Northampton yet. But uh, you know, he has been injured, and he's only really getting back to full fitness. So he—they're uh, sort of pinning their hopes on him finding the net and finding some form. Um, so I'd say yeah, those three players w- would be the would be the three to uh, look out for.
2: And finally, I guess um, I mean, how do you rate Northampton's chances of beating the drop this season?
7: Uh, I must admit, right at this very moment, I'm not too confident, um, especially on the back of Saturday's defeat to Fleetwood, and they were very poor that day. And like you mentioned earlier, one win in ten, you know, they're only going one way, and it's not the way they need to go. So I personally think probably seventy thirty that they're heading down. Um, but you know, one win changes everything, doesn't it? So if they can get that win sooner rather than le- sooner rather than later, then uh, you never know they might just uh, might just have enough.
2: So there we go, there's James Hennigan from the Northampton Chronicle and Echo. Uh, talking about the Cobblers, um, interesting season they've been having, obviously. So they came up from, from League 2 a couple of years ago with Chris Wilder. Uh, despite all the financial issues they had at the time, they survived. And then Chris Wilder moved on and they've, they've gone for a few managers now who've struggled, uh, including Jimmy Floyd-Hassemann. I mean, obviously Jimmy's a former player here. Uh, what sort of reception do you think he'll get from the Charlton fans on, uh, tomorrow? Rubbish.
4: <laughs> uh, wasn't he on 50... 50 grand away. Right. I mean he didn't, I think he joined in the season we got relegated yeah, from the yeah, family, didn't he, yeah. so he, he never, I mean he was a big name, he, he, he was a big name at the time. Big, um, big
2: other stuff as well, Yeah I think yeah. last week.
9: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: yeah, Yeah, it, it hasn't really, I mean he'd done alright at Burton Albion of course, but then he went to QPR where it's quite difficult to yeah. succeed at the moment, and now obviously at Northampton where it's the same. Um, also he mentioned that they're going to be missing John Joe at all got sent off in a really good ruck against mm. Roseby worth looking up uh, a couple of weeks ago yeah. uh, proper brawl that was and he got sent off for that so he's still serving his suspension so that it's all pointing in the direction I think he scored against us last season it's all pointing mm, in the direction yeah. of couple of good omens for us Tom I mean just, just purely on Northampton when you, obviously when you go to a club that's in desperate need of points now at this stage of the season then obviously there's there's going to be a lot to play for for both sides so maybe form could go a little bit out the window when it comes to Northampton so they're starting to get a bit desperate
3: Yeah a little bit but at the same time if they are going to be a bit desperate and, and they're going to have to come out and play then that's going to leave them exposed at the back as well um, I think they've lost three and drawn four in their last seven so it's not like they're on brilliant form. Um, and I mean, at the start of the season, when we were when we were br- not necessarily brushing teams aside, but we were winning a lot of games and we were up there, I kept saying we need to be arrogant, we need to impose ourselves, we need to prove that we're the better team. This is one of those games. They're a team that's down on their luck, they're on a poor run, they're in the relegation zone. Given the confidence of last week, we should be going there and saying, do you know what, no, we're going to impose our game on you and we're going to show why we're up where we are. Mm-hmm. And if we do do that, there's no reason we can't run out comfortable winners. Mm-hmm. The, the issue has been over the past few weeks that we haven't done that enough so yeah, it's not going to be an easy game just because they're down there, but um, we've got the quality on our side to put them away for sure.
2: I mean, we've, we did that earlier on in the season, of course. I mean, in fact, I think we two tuning up, then they pull one back with about 10 minutes and there's a little bit of nerves, but then we got those two great goals from forster Kasky that, that, that finished them off. Uh, now, obviously, Pete, the reason you're here is because you have Northampton connections. I just want to go through those again for us. To, yes, yeah, to so as my dad reminisce. is a Northampton town fan, my yeah.
4: grandparents live there, so we used to go to Sixfields when I was younger, mm. ever we visiting them. I went to Wembley to see him beat Swansea City in 97, play final. Yeah. And then the next time I went, they got tonked 3-0 by Bradford.
2: Lovely, jubbly. So you're, um, a special so, day yeah. for you tomorrow and you're looking forward to Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. So and, how, how much of a ripping would you give your dad if we were to beat them? Uh, yeah, fair bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's about
4: an hour and a half back, isn't it? So one of us is, uh, is going to lose out. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's hope it's him after. Yeah. I think last year last year was a dismal performance. And then I like, say early on in the season. I think it was a completely new Charlton, wasn't mm. it? That yeah. weird scene. Even though it was a bit rocky in the last ten minutes, that I mean, they were they were yeah. awful.
2: but obviously, I mean, uh, James just said to say that perhaps they might be willing to up their game when the big guns come to town, like Charlton. I mean, do you it's think massive? This is, yeah, yeah, I mean, this is obviously their cup final.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's it's huge. It's huge for both teams. I mean, Northampton yeah. have been they contrary to them actually not like winning, which you sort of need to do to get away mm-hmm. from the releg. They've picked up a draw away at Shrewsbury, away yeah. at Blackburn. You know, they have they have had some. They have been able to close teams out. Um, I hope to think we'll go there with just a little bit more quality, but I think it's it'll be t- typical of us. You know, like. Any ex-player scores against us. But we haven't really come against many ex-managers.
2: Mm, in um, terms so of a I'm I'm man, little yeah. bit,
4: a little bit anxious in the fact that they, they might get. But I'd, like I said, Tom, Tom said that, yeah, last Saturday, we have got a newfound confidence. Mm. They need to come at us. And I do think we have got the players to beat this one.
2: Right, let's have a listen to what Lee, Lee, Lee Boyer has to say. Obviously, he's going to preview the game. He was sat down. Oh, what, what special treat for Lee Boyer? His first interview with BBC Radio, Kent's Tony Hud. Last week, you beat an informed Plymouth Argyle. This weekend you face relegation haunted Northampton. You're going from one
8: extreme to the other. Yeah, and this is what I've said to the lads. This will be a, a, just as big a test. We will go there we will respect. them. Um, it, it's going to be difficult because they're, they're they're fighting. They need to score goals. They need to win games. And, and if I know Jimmy like I do, then um, he will have them ready ready for Friday and. Um, It's just down to us. If we perform anywhere near what we did on on Saturday, which we demand, then I'm I'm hoping that we'll come away with three more points. Got to touch on the injury list. Do you have any more players available to you uh, this weekend that weren't available to you last weekend? Well, we've got Ez and Josh come back. Ez is off today, Um, but Josh came back and and trained on Monday. Cash is back in the building, so that's a positive, just to have him, him back in the building. Little Jay the Silva, I've just seen him at breakfast, he's trained the last uh, two days with Chelsea, so again, he'll be training with us today. Um, who else is there, uh, little Jay the Silva, Steffi, Steffi will be on the bench, weekend. Um, And that's about it. But we've got some big players come back. You've got two internationals just come back in the building. You've got little Jada Silva, who I love. Um, And obviously, Steffi. Cashy, I don't think Cashy's near yet. Um, I know he's doing some stuff with the physios. But yeah, which is good, you know, because we've got a lot of games coming up in a short space of time. So there will be rotation. And um, so hopefully we don't pick up too many injuries. Fair to say, now the injury situation is improving. It's improving, yeah. Not for me because then I've got made difficult decisions. <laughs> but um, it's it's improving, and, and our players are coming back, which is the most important thing. And Lee, would it be hard to change your winning team? Because I know you just mentioned Josh and as we coming back. Internationals, but the way you played on Saturday. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's difficult, but I think um, yeah, there's there's a. A couple of things I'm, I'm thinking about. Obviously, Northampton—they've played two formations recently. They've, um, last two games, they have played a three-five-two, and uh, before that, they was a four-four-one-one. One. So, um, I- I'm looking at personnel. Obviously, with the game on Monday, I- I'm looking at that as well. So, I'm trying to figure out what's the best formation to play to start with. And I'll have to wait until tomorrow. Still going to keep watching games on them, and but, but uh whatever happens and whatever team I put out on Friday will be uh, the lads to know what their their jobs are and, and they will be right mm-hmm. is, is it also for you? At the personnel is it a bit a bit of a selection dilemma for you. Well, Given, well, yeah, because if if I play. Just a straight four-four-two. Then I, I could bring other players that, that suit that better um, if I'm going to play wide men. So again, I'm not really going to give you too much away, but that's what I'm, I'm, I'm contemplating at the moment: whether to play wingers or or stick with the formation that they've done so well with. So. Um, but yeah, that's that's something that I'll, I'll think about in the next twenty four hours. Yeah, just just perhaps obviously going up against your old I think he's at like Leeds with Jim, I suppose. Yeah, like that up against them, you know, manager, to manager. Yeah, yeah it, it will be because obviously we was we played together and we was good friends. So now it's it's like a different battle, you know. Um, so no, it, it'd be good and uh, I look forward to seeing Jimmy He's he's a nice man and. Uh, we had some good times together.
2: Go. so there he is statistically the best uh, child manager of all time Lee Bowyer uh, looking ahead to tomorrow's game interesting obviously little side story there a bit narrative that he's obviously best mates with Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank it sounds like I mean played together at Leeds United um,
3: that makes you best mates doesn't it I think,
2: yeah, I think so yeah um, I, mean, I mean I don't know if, if what that will have into account I don't know if that means he might be able to think about the sort of playing style that, that he may try or anything like that he might have the inside track on how he thinks I
3: think from the sound of the way he's talked as well he's you know, I'm sure Robbo did this as well but he seems to be prepared to do his research and watch yeah. clips of the other team and that, I think the big difference between him and Robbo, as we say it's only one game in but but the way Boja talks is he's prepared to adapt his system to therefore combat that other team so if he's done his homework, I mean I think he said that Northampton play with a few different formations in recent weeks so it's kind of predicting how they're going to set up and then work in the best way to combat it. But obviously we saw last week, and, and again maybe it was just a one-off, we obviously hope not, but the, the masterclass really, to, to put that diamond into play, and not only that, for it, his players to then pull it off, was huge. And If he can do that again, as I say, I don't think their Leeds connection is necessarily going to tell him that much, but if he does his work this week, which we all hope he's done, then... Yeah, he's clearly proven that he's prepared to try things and experiment and and change things up. And and again, that's what he's going to need to do tomorrow.
2: And It sounded like he was hinting towards 4-4-2, but not yet decided if it's a flat or a diamond. Now, obviously, that reached its rewards, the diamonds, on on Saturday against Plymouth Argyle. And, I mean, do you think two up top works better for us? Obviously, we've had that one up top 4-2-3-1 situation for the majority of the season, which a lot of fans were sort of growing tired with. So, I mean, which way would you go? Nah, I'd
4: go two up top. We... We're in a situation now with results recently where we have to score mm. and we have to go and win and put ourselves on a good run so I wouldn't do anything but put two up top mm. and yeah we're there to take the game to Northampton like yeah. we, we, we should be the one going in as favourites and not we're going to win so I would say changing the formation from last week unless he knows something that I don't or none of us do mm. then I would leave it two up top and, and and go for the win because quite frankly we, we have to don't yeah. we
2: and straight away he's got the sele- uh, selection dilemmas now of course I mean uh, injuries aside you've got the two uh, coming back from uh, from international duty which is obviously big Josh McGuinness little Jada Silva uh, little Jada Silva is certainly something that Bo has decided to start saying every second of yeah. the day um, first of all up top I mean we were saying off air I mean if McGuinness was to come back in you'd assume it'd be for Zyro because you can see McGuinness and the Jose forming a nice little partnership I mean that's the way I'd see it but would he go that oh you know Zyro got a goal last week and look quite sharp you know, does he not change a winning side in, up top
3: yeah for me I think I said off air I'd be surprised if either McGuinness or Zyro plays both tomorrow and Monday I think he will play or start each of them in each game um, for me yeah I think you, you stick with Zyro Um him and Jose played well last week. I thought Jose worked his behind off for, uh, for Zyro, and I think you, you keep those two. Um, as I say, if Zyro is then tired, then great, we've got McGuinness back, and he can go in on Monday. But but for me, you keep them two. Um, and then at left-back, again, you can't drop Page. Because, I he,
2: mean, after scoring that goal, I mean, that goal was aside, the performance after that was really good. The performance that... The, but J D has been one of our players of the season. He
3: has, but that... That mental block that Paige has had to overcome to battle through that injury and get his chance, I think if you then bomb him out just because little Jada Silver's back, I, for me it's harsh. And, and mm-hmm. Page, up until that last weekend, the, the few games we'd seen him, he hadn't showed a huge amount, but he's been so unfortunate with injuries, he deserves another, another chance. And I, and I don't see why you would change that unless it, it's tactical.
2: I mean, another interesting position, just quickly, Pete. I mean, obviously, um, Reeves, he played really well in the wing uh, against Plymouth, Guard, but I mean, he's probably more of an attack. I mean, Marshall came on to shore up things because he defends more. Now, obviously, we're going away from home. Do you think Bowyer might be tempted to start him over Reeves because he's slightly more defensive for an away performance?
4: Um, No, but I've got a feeling that Northampton will possibly sit back a little bit more than, than what we expect and try and close us out and catch us on the counter. Um, so I would, I would like I said, I would go tomorrow with an anti- attacking mentality. Mm. I wouldn't be dropping. I would like to say I wouldn't be dropping Page or Zyro. I think they've got a bit of confidence, certainly after last week, both getting goals. Um, but yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go with a mindset of defensive. I would say if if we end up getting a lead and towards the end we have a two goal lead rather than a one goal lead, then protect it. Mm. And I, that's that's how would go. I will go attacking, and then in. if we need to change it, do it in there. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't either. Right.
2: In ten seconds, I need a prediction and a cashy back bet from you, Pete. So what 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 are you going for? Which your prediction and what bet are we going to put on for the down uh, for the upbeats?
4: Um, I'm going to change my mind from what I said earlier. So <laughs> yeah. two one Charlton, but a yeah. hard ground two one. Yeah,
2: so we're gonna we'll find a two one bet to put on for the upbeats. Uh, Tom, your prediction three one. to them addicts. Right, the the end of the big match preview is here. Uh, Don't forget, tomorrow's game is Friday. It's Friday the game, so if you listen to this Friday morning and you haven't left for the game yet, you should probably leave for the game, because it's today. It's not on Saturday. Um, Now, don't forget, because it is the Easter weekend, we're not going to be here on Sunday evening. There will be a miniature pod, hopefully, with a couple of interviews after the Northampton game, Uh, but we won't be here on Sunday evening. We'll be back on Monday evening on Love Sport Radio, uh, lovesportradio.com, medium wave 558, uh, London DAB, uh, to look back at Saturday, uh, Friday game against Northampton and then Monday's game of course against Rotherham here at the Valley you'll be able to phone in and have your say uh, just a few hours after the game finishes so that'll be really good right thanks for joining us Tom Willink cheers Pete Howarth good to see you again yeah nice to see you Lou thank you very much and uh, I've been Louis Mendes this has been Charlton Live the big match preview hope you've enjoyed it hope you're listening on uh, to this on the way up to Northampton hope by the time you're on the way back we've got three more points in our back pocket we'll see you later.
3: Charlton Live. Charlton Live.